Appamada's programmes and facilities are supported through your generosity. Your support really does make a huge difference. You'll find a link for contributions on the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. Thank you so much. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much to, for coming. This is the third in the uh, series uh, that I've titled Zen uh, Practice of Awakening. And oh, good, there's Jay. <laughs> um, and um, so today, uh, our topic is going to be in the title of the, of the class today is the Awakening Poems of the First Buddhist Women. And um, so women have always been present and influential in Buddhist history, maybe overlooked and forgotten, but always there. Sometimes as lay practitioners and sometimes as monastics, but always there. Every Saturday at Women and Zen, we explore their histories and their words, and you're welcome to join us. And some of you, some of you do come to Women and Zen. And every day there are more and more books to read about, about and by Buddhist women. Their histories and their words are of value to all of us, men and women. The history of Buddhist women is important and perhaps uh, the most priceless aspect of that history is the words that they've passed down to us. So today I'd like to present a little history as context uh, but our focus will be on the awakening poems of the first Buddhist women. Their collection of poems is called the Terigata, T-H-E-R-I-G-A-T-H-A, Terigata. Terry means women elders or women who have grown old in knowledge. Gata means verse or song. And their poems were transmitted orally for six centuries before being written down in, uh, in Sri Lanka in the first century BCE as part of the Pali, Con uh, Pali Canon. There are 73 poems and women in Zen spent more than a year studying and discussing each one. For today, I've selected six poems and um, I hope we get to all of them. Um, we'll get to as many as we possibly can. Uh, the first Buddhist women came from all walks of life, wealthy women, poor women, prostitutes, and mothers. I've tried to select poems from women from a variety of backgrounds. So the first section of today's class is going to go like this. For each poem, I will present a very brief history about the woman herself. Then we'll read two versions of the poem. The first version will be a translation by Su Susan Marcotte from her book, First Buddhist Women, Marcotte, M-U-R-C-O-T-T, M -U -R -T -T, First Buddhist Women, Poems and Stories of Awakening. 
And then the second version is not a translation. It's an interpretation, very beautiful interpretations. Um, and it is from this book, The First Free Women, Poems of the Early Buddhist Nuns. Now, there's been a second edition of this one, and I know the title, and it's by Maddie, Maddie, M-A-T-T-Y, Weingast, W-E-I-N-G-A-S-T. And I know that there's a second edition of this, and it's got a slightly different title, but it is the first, it is called the first women, the first free women, but the poems of the early Buddhist nuns is changed a little bit, but that's the same exact same book. So um, Maddie Weingast is a guy. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, he talks a little bit about people were surprised uh, when he became so interested in the Terigata. He talked to his teacher about it, uh, Bhikkhuni Ananda Bodhi. And she really encouraged him to look deeply into these poems, uh, into their deepest meaning. And they're very beautiful interpretations. And I really like, and what we did in Women and Zen is we juxtaposed them together. We had the direct translation. Uh, by the way, the original, the first English translation was by uh, Caroline Rice Davids. Uh, Davids, Caroline Rice Davids. She did the very first English translations and um, Mercott's translations are based on her, on those first translations. So after each version, we're going to sit quietly for a minute just to give it a little time to settle in. And then we'll do the same thing after the second version. Wait, sit with it for a minute. And then we'll take two minutes to, on your own, jot down any impressions that came up, any questions that you might have, and we'll save that for later. After we've heard and imbibed the Terigata poem, uh, poems, the second section uh, uh, will, will begin. And this sec in this section, we're gonna have time to write poems of our own and practice our own, uh, and, and we're, I'm sorry, we're gonna have time to, to write poems of our own concerning our own practice and our own moments of awakening. Um, and then the third section will be time for questions and comments. If at that time uh, you want to, um, uh, if you'd like to share your poem, you know, lo we'd love to hear them. But as you write it, this is just for you. You do not need to share it. It's strictly for you. Uh, if you wish to share later, you can. And if not, that's fine too. But there's, this will certainly be time for questions and comments. And do uh, be aware we're being recorded. so. Uh, consider that if you want to read your poem or not. So I think that brings us to the heart of the matter here. So our very first poem today is uh, uh, the poem by uh, the awakening poem by Mahapajapati. Uh, and she was the woman who raised the Buddha. His mother uh, died shortly after his birth, and uh, Mahapajapati is actually her sister. So, uh, it was his aunt who raised him. And um, 
so anyway, uh, the, eventually, the, this is a long story, but eventually the Buddha uh, did leave his home and then uh, and uh, sat under the Bodhi tree and the famous story of his awakening. And then about 15 years later, he returned home and uh, uh, to, to reveal what he had discovered uh, to his, all, all the people of his family. And um, a couple of them uh, followed him uh, back to the Jedi, Jedi Grove um, to practice together, uh, his uh, son and his cousin. Um, but the, I, I can't remember if the women actually asked him at that time if they could come or not. I don't remember that that piece of it. But eventually, but what Mahapajapati did was um, she gathered all the women in the uh, so many women in his family and and in his clan wanted to practice, and uh, they're called the first five hundred. And uh, so they took this, uh, they, she got them all together. There weren't necessarily 500. That means there were a lot of them. And so they got together and they, uh, and they walked all the way to uh, where the Buddhists uh, and, uh, and the monks were practicing. And um, Ananda, his uh, primary disciple, they got him to talk to the Buddha for them. Three times Ananda asked, uh, can they, uh, can they, uh, become nuns? Can they uh, stay in this monastic life here with us and practice? And uh, the third time was the charm. Buddha said, no, no, no. It was culturally not conceivable. <laughs> you know, it was culturally not conceivable. Doesn't mean it was, and, and but of course, it's still distressing, as we all know. It's still distressing. So the third time, uh, the Buddha, um, he did agree that a woman could could be enlightened. You know, it wasn't that. Uh, and so, the, the, on the third time, he agreed that they could stay and they and uh, practice together. They uh, they had to follow all of the current monastic rules, and then there were more. There were more for women. So that can be part of our discussion, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, but I think uh, my feeling about it is that they looked at, at it like. Yay, we got a we got a foot in the door. You know, <laughs> I think they saw it as we're here and we can practice, you know, and they were very devoted women. Um so we're gonna start with the Marcotte translation. Okay. Okay. Would someone like to read the first the uh, her poem? Okay, I see Jay. All right. Homage to you, Buddha, best of all creatures who set me and many others free from pain. All pain is understood. The cause, the craving is dried up. The noble eightfold way unfolds. I have reached the state where everything stops. I have been mother, son, father, brother, grandmother, knowing nothing of the truth I journeyed on. But I have seen the blessed one. This is my last body. And I will not go from birth to birth again. Look at the disciples all together, their energy, their sincere effort. This is homage to the Buddhas. Maya gave birth to Guatama for the sake of us all. She has driven back the pain of the sick and the dying. Okay, that's that's um, Murcutt's translation. Now, now we'll sit. Uh, now we'll sit for a minute. 
see Rosemary. Mahabajapati, protector of children. I know you all. I have been your mother, your son, your father, your daughter. You see me now in my final role, kindly grandmother. It's a fine part to go out on. You might have heard how it all began when my sister died and I took her newborn son to raise as my own. People still ask, did you know then what he would become? What can I say? What mother doesn't see a Buddha in her child? He was such a quiet boy. The first time he reached for me, the first time I held him while he slept, how could I know? To care for all children without exception, as though each will someday be the one to show us all the way home. This is the path. So now take two minutes to to uh, write any questions or impressions that you you had from those poems. Okay, moving on to Nita. Okay, just a little, we don't know too much about Mita, but she was part of uh, Siddhartha Gautama's harem. He did have a harem, quite a few women in the harem. And uh, she was one of them who, who followed Mahapajapati and became a nun, one of the first nuns. Mm -hmm. So uh, the translation in Murkot, would someone like to read that one? Okay, hey Lisa, go ahead. To be reborn among the gods, I fasted and fasted every two weeks, day 8, 14, 15, and a special day. Now with a shaved head and Buddhist robes, I eat one meal a day. I don't long to be a god. There is no fear in my heart. Okay, this is the meetup from the harem. And her poem is, reads, friend who has left home and trust, take delight in friends, cultivate good qualities to gain peace. So I'm not going to ring the bell one minute. So would anyone like to read uh, this version? Mita, friend. Full of trust, you left home and soon learned to walk the path, making yourself a friend to everyone and making everyone a friend. When the whole world is your friend, fear will find no place to call home. And when you make the mind your friend, you'll know what trust really means. 
listen. I have followed this path of friendship to its end, and I can say with absolute certainty, it will lead you home. Two minutes. To write and contemplate. Okay, time to move on to the next poem. And uh, I, I really wanted to include this one and I'm having to watch our time. So this will be our, our last poem, but we can always come back and read these Terragata poems. They're so beautiful. But for today, I would like to move down to Soma. Okay, so this, uh, okay, Soma. Oh yes, okay. She has a fairly a fairly uh, simple history. Um, I, I have there's one in here who had a traumatic history. I wanted to include her. I'm sorry, we're not going to get to her today. Um, and uh, there was one from a prostitute. We're not going to get to hers today. But I think this one was is a a good one to conclude with. And um, Soma was the daughter of a king. Um, and she just happened to hear the Buddha speak. And, um, and then this is her, her awakening poem is a conversation between herself and Mara. And you know, as was when Buddha was sitting beneath the Bodhi tree, he had a, he had an interaction also with Mara. So it's in that, uh, that mode, uh, that for, kind of a format. Um, uh, yes. Excuse me, Ellen, who is Mara? Mara. Uh, would be sort of like, uh, say, the ego, the part of oh. you, that, the part, it, 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 you know, traditionally probably is, uh, it's like a demon or, or a devil or something, but it might be the part of you that's saying, and, and uh, that's saying, you can't do this. Who are you? Who do you think you are? You know, it's that, that part of you. There, there's something wrong with you. Forget it. Just forget it. It's that, that part of you that you have a little conversation with sometimes. Okay, so the translation. Would anybody like to read this translation? Mara, that place the sages gain is hard to reach. A mere woman can't get there. Soma, what harm is it to be a woman when the mind is concentrated and the insight is clear? If I asked myself, am I a woman or a man in this? then I would be speaking Mara's language. Everywhere, the love of pleasure is destroyed. The great dark is torn apart and death, you too are destroyed. Thank you, Kim. So one minute. Okay, so now for uh, Maddie Weingast interpretation. Is there someone who hasn't read who would like to read? I'll read, Ellen. Okay, great, Nelda. Mm -hmm. Soma, happiness. He said, how could a woman who knows no more than how to cook, clean and make babies, possibly reach the further shore it's moving too much, Kim. Thank you. 
possibly reach the further shore on the way to which so many good men have drowned or turned back. I said, the mind is neither male nor female. When directed toward the arising and passing away of all things, it easily penetrates this mass of darkness. Be serious. What's a few inches of meat compared to the immeasurable reaches of the liberated mind? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so to sit with that, uh, sit with that uh, for a couple of minutes, contemplating, question, writing down any questions or comments you might have, and then we'll move on. So now we're going to take uh, 15 minutes um, and this in this time uh, you can uh, write your own poem. Um, I would recommend sitting. You may want to sit on your own a little bit uh, before writing it, uh, but it's up to you. Uh, this is your time to write your poem. So. Okay, so how was that for everybody? Now is the time to discuss these poems. How did they feel to you? What did you get out of them? And if you like, read your poem. Nelda. So I'll finish what I started <laughs> um, at the wrong time. And um... I liked them all, but I very much liked some more than others. Um, I was very um, take, just taken by the little bit of snarkiness in one of the more modern poems about the inches of flesh. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and what a genteel way to say that. Um, and what I was, what I started saying is the one that really struck me of, of all of them truly, even after we read them all, they were all lovely, was uh, the second version of uh, Mahapajapati's poem. It just really struck me. And it also raised a question, but I'll ask the question at the end. And um, my heart um, feels simply, so my words are simple. And I didn't sit and write a poem, I just wrote it more neat, what came up then more neatly. And so here's what I wrote right after you read that second version. I wrote something called Through a Child. And it reads, to truly know children, to truly know children, my own, her own, all children as one's own. And two, to know the child within each of us, the innocent and awakened in all of us. To glimpse the Buddha's heart through the heart of a child, every child, young and old, this is the path. And so I just, I just loved how that poem took me to a knowing that if we see beyond 
people's age and words and sexual orientation or identification, um, moods, language, and we get right down to the reality that we are all awakened ones and we all under all these things that life brings have the heart of an innocent and awakened child. If, if, if we could get there with each other and all of us, I just think that's the path. Thank you so much. Beautiful. I can go. You go, Kim. Okay. So I did a drawing and a poem, of course. Of course. So here's the drawing. It will make sense when I read the poem, I hope. Treat everyone as Buddha. I want to travel so far just to find my way home. It is all in generosity, letting go of everything. Few inches of meat as the little pleasure of desire. The darkness is fear and suffering. We can choose to turn on the light. Kim, could you read that again? There was treat, a part of it that really stuck out to me and I can't quite remember it. Treat everyone as Buddha. I want to travel so far just to find my way home. It is all in generosity, letting go of everything. Few inches of meat as the little pleasure of desire. The darkness is fear and suffering. We can choose to turn on the light. Well, I love it. And I, I think the part that stuck out to me was uh, what a beautiful description of generosity. Really like that. Thank you. Who else? Janev. So I don't remember which poem this was, um, but it said something along the lines of I have followed the path of friendship and it will lead you home. That was really moving. And also it's what I can cultivate. Um, and I find it liberating to understand that there's no need for a romantic partnership in order for me to be whole and connected. Um, and this is my poem. I am a stone in the shape of a circle with smooth sloping curves and a profound heaviness upon this earth. I am the raindrops that fall on me, making me shine. I am the sun that warms me until I am warm to the touch. I am whole and round and deeply still. There is nothing for me to do. I simply am all and none. Thank you so much. I'm really moved by these poems, y'all. Oh, Jay. Yeah, um, I didn't write a poem. I just wanna, um, well, there's several things that came to mind and that's what I'm sharing. 
like like Genev, I the poem about friend really touched me because I was like, if I move through the world as if all is my friend, then I can have no enemy and fear and hate cannot live, right? So then I then I will treat each one with love because they are my friend. And to to live that path is so simple and I've complicated things so much by separating through separation of them and me, you know? So that was really profound for me, that statement. And then um, the part of, uh, I think it's Soma, um, where this is my last life. This is my last body. Is that Soma or men? No, I think Soma. Anyway, whoever it was. It's Bob <clears throat> Jopardy. Bob Jopardy, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm like, you know, and of course, my, in, in my head, I thought about Mary and Jesus and Muhammad and his mom and you know I'm thinking you know did they have that thought that this is my last life because I have given birth to this person and I have two children and do I think that you know like this is my last life but I do believe that um, nothing dies and everything is recycled and when I come back I'll be in a tree and you know and I'll be a fruit and somebody would eat me and it's a circle. <laughs> You know, and then I'm gonna. So it's it's that thought of um, the recycling of life that came to mind on that aspect, and um, finally the division also is um, neither male nor female, and again that um, division that creates so many complications when we're really just unique expressions of one thing you know so um those were my thoughts thank you thank you jay i see becky i didn't i didn't write a poem but i many of the things that people have picked up through the poetry has been really good and i'm glad that you're not using the 1903 translations directly because I think the language of it confuses the meaning of it for us often. So I just wanted to say that part about all of the poems and I really you, you just really chose wonderfully Ellen. So, um, but I what I did was I just kind of wrote my yesterday like some of the highlights of my yesterday and they're not a poem exactly but that's what's with me this morning anyway so Yesterday, I walked through these halls to the abode of my dear friend to salve her red, cracked, hot calves and feet. Softly, I was singing. Anyway, I can't read my own writing. It's okay. Yesterday, oh, wait a minute. Never mind. Somehow this is all working, Becky. What? <laughs> Somehow this is all working. I'm hearing it as, as a poem. <laughs> anyway, I had to do a singing, May Your Body Be at Ease, as I was walking through the hall. Um, we talked and laughed, appreciating each other. Yesterday, 
I gathered my 99-year-old blind table mate to go to a concert with traditional ancient Chinese instruments in the main lounge. And she delighted in the sounds of her ancestors. Yesterday, I walked outside and my 91-year-old table mate was waiting for her daughter to visit. We talked of food cooked with love. She said of herself, I am too old. She said to me, I like you, you see me. Mm. Yesterday I returned to the halls, as I returned to the halls and I asked Stephen how he says his Chinese name. He wrote it out for me in Chinese and in our alphabet, our alphabet. I didn't come up with the word there. Um, and he said, I like you, you hear me. I didn't write the rest of it yet, but it was, it was such a profound day yesterday in so many ways. And the affirmations that people spoke to me in terms of what I had sensed of what, what our connection was. It surprised me that they, that they said it so directly. And yet then I just, I mean, I just heard, you know, Flint saying, what do all people need? No, we need to be seen. We need to be heard. We need to be loved. And it just, it just filled me up so much. So I didn't finish the writing of it, but it was really wonderful. And this poem about friendship, because I, I keep knowing so totally the fact that, that I can be here doing this is because all of you and our friendships. So that's part of what I'm for as well. Thank you so much, Becky. And Lisa, we haven't heard from you. Even Would you like to read your poem or not? And one way or the other, what were your impressions of the of the poems, questions? Mm -hmm. um, the poems, oh, let me see, what did I, what did I write? Hmm. I did write something. I'm not sure where it was ended up here. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. I got kind of off into a, thinking about history. The word disciple jumped out at me, and I thought of Christ and the historical context of all these religions rising up in times where things are violent. There was a lot of war and death and um, just how similar what these women were saying were similar to what Christ is saying, which is love. And um, And yeah, my poem is not really terribly deep. Um, just a cat lays across my lap. She relaxes into the crevices of my legs. I too sit in the lap of a kindly God who envelops and holds. So I guess the poems just brought up the idea of religion and spirituality. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, it. The image of the cat. Yeah. Sounds pretty deep to me. Oh, well. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Find it now. Um, so um, it's kind of a, a letter to them, to the women, in a way. Um, 
some of course some of Okay. Oh, women of long ago, you show me your strength, your tenderness, your courage to follow this path, to free yourselves of other ways. Uh, to value refraining from old ways, uh, to be free uh, through refraining, and oh, to cherish friendship, to see Buddha befriend all and see a friend in everyone, to show us that fear uh, cannot grow on this ground of friendship. My gratitude uh, for your lives and the beauty and instruction of your poems is immense. Uh, may we may we become good friends and walk this path together. Thanks. So beautiful and gosh, so perfect to write it to those women, Rosemary. Oh my gosh. I'm so I'm, grateful. I'm glad you went last. <laughs> we, needed, we needed a poem to those women, didn't we? Well, when I think of being supported by our ancestors and, and past Buddhas, mm -hmm. I never think of women. Now I do. So thank you, Ellen. Oh, thank and everybody. You. Thank all of you. And you know, when we were studying the Terigata, oh, I can't remember when all this quite started, but I mean, for a long time, one of my little prompts to help me sit was to sit with the ancestors. And at one point I noticed I was not sitting with the women. I, I my own internalized sexism, I was sitting with the guys. <laughs> and then, and then, and I knew about the Terry God and, all, and then it all changed. There are all these ancestors, our ancestors are all of these women, these extraordinary wise women too, you know? And so uh, they, they became part of the ancestors that I, I sit with also. I, every single, uh, I just appreciate every single one of your uh, poems and your participation. And I will, I will add my poem. I'm like Lisa. I'm not a poet, <laughs> you know. Or I'm, I don't feel like I think Lisa was a poet, but uh, I don't think that much of my poem. Except, well, here it is. I shouldn't say that. That's Mara speaking. Here's my poem. I wrote one when I first decided to do this. I thought, is 15 minutes enough time to give people, you know? And so I, I uh, wrote my own poem to make sure this was doable. Okay. Uh, delight in being right here, right now, as light refracts through every friend. And, and that's, that's, I don't know, that was like in the, uh, in the moment, uh, you know, the awakening of this very moment. <laughs> and uh, so it's a powerful practice, isn't it? Uh, empowering, I think.
So, so first we read the poems as a chant, and then we do our reading. Remember? What do you mean? Oh, we, as a chant, we did. We did. Yeah, in, in the, the zendo. As part of the and, and then we started doing both, and then the poems were so much, so much that yeah. we just did the poems. Right. That's how. That's how it evolved. Yeah. We didn't know what we were getting into. <laughs> <laughs> how how long has Women in Zen been going on? Maybe maybe six years. Just Stephanie started it as part of a practice period for a year, and we did a book called The Hidden Lamp, which are koans about women, and some are old. It's a beautiful book, and sometimes you'll see through Upaya the the woman who who wrote it. Uh, uh, does a little workshop on it, a few poems, and Peg has a, a chapter in it that she wrote. Yeah, it, it's a very great book, and it's a, a contemporary, contemporary Buddhist. Some, old and contemporary. The, oh, the, world con no, uh, no, no, there's old ones. Well, yes, there's old ones, but then contemporary women give commentary. Oh, right, yes, yes. So the, the commentaries are contemporary Buddhist women, yeah. Hidden Lamp. And then we did other books. Yeah. So we're th we're done early. Um, would you like to? I guess we could call it a day. Um, I don't know. Do, I've got. We've got. Uh, you want to read the two poems that we missed? Before That's we go? fine. Okay. Let's let's look at those poems and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, Vimala. Okay, as I recall, Vimala, I believe, is the young prostitute. Her mother was a prostitute and she was a prostitute. And she met one of Buddha's disciples in the town, actually tried to seduce him and he was not seducible. But he, uh, he spoke to her, he gave her some of the Buddha's teachings and she became, uh, became one of the nuns. And this is her, this is the uh, translation, the Murcott translation. Um, okay, I'll read this one. Young, intoxicated by my own lovely skin, my figure, my gorgeous looks, and famous too, I despised other women. Dressed to kill at the whorehouse door, I was a hunter and spread my snare for fools. And when I stripped when I stripped for them, I was a woman of their dreams. I laughed as I teased them. Today, head shaved, robed, alms wanderer, I, my same self, sit at the tree's foot, no thought, all ties untied. I have cut men and gods out of my life. I have quenched the fire. And then Maddie's. Would somebody else like to read Maddie's? I'll do it. Vimala, the virgin. My mother taught me how to sell my youth for money and some sense of power, just as her mother had taught her. At our front door, I answered the calls of passing men with well-rehearsed lines, laughing and lightly running a finger along my neck and breasts, a hunter with a baited trap. Now, I spend my days sitting at the foot of this tree, wearing only a shaved head and double robe. The legs 
of this naked mind spread wide open, ready to welcome whatever comes. I like that one. You know, uh, the, the part about the minds, the minds spread wide open. Now, Padachara, okay, Padachara. Uh, she was a very uh, well-respected leader among the nuns, and she had a very traumatic life. Uh, she uh, was from a, uh, a Brahmin family, uh, but she refused uh, her arranged marriage. She fell in love with a servant and um, and married him, and they were very happy, happy together at first, and they lived remotely uh, away from her parents. And... Um, and then when she had her first child, uh, she wanted to be back near her parents for the support, you know, of having this baby. Uh, but on the way, um, uh, they didn't make it. Uh, she had the baby on the way. Her husband helped deliver the baby. So, so then she and the baby and the husband lived together happily for a while. But when the second child was born, they set out for the parents' house again. And the husband was bit by a poisonous snake and died. And she was left in a storm to give birth alone. And so then there she was uh, with this newborn and her little child whom she had to shelter from the storm with her body. And then the next day, she decided to set out and go to her parents. And um, uh, the, the what had been just a little creek was now in, in flood stage. Uh, she could get across it, but it was difficult and she was weakened. So what she did is carry one child across and then went back for the other. The, the newborn uh, on, the, uh, on the far bank got uh, sw swooped up by a hawk. And then she started screaming and the child on the other, yeah, this is the, this is the one who suffered trauma. The child on the other bank thought she was calling him. He tried to get to her, he drowned. Then she's just in total despair, doesn't know what to do. She just keeps walking towards her parents' house. She's lost everything, literally everything. She gets to her parents' house, and in this storm, their house has collapsed, and her whole family's dead. So this woman lost everything, and then she really just lost her mind and uh, was just wandering around in rags for a long time. And then she happened to uh, show up somewhere where the Buddha was speaking. And he saw through what appeared to just be this ragged, crazy woman. He saw her. He saw who she was. And uh, uh, she became a nun, and not only just a nun, but a very well-respected, very well-respected nun. And uh, so these are her stories. Would somebody like to read her, um, uh, the translation? Any volunteers? Hey, Rosemary, go ahead. When they plow their fields and sow seeds in the earth. When they care for their wives and children, young Brahmins find riches. But I've done everything right and followed the rule of my teacher. I'm not lazy or proud. Why haven't I found peace? Bathing my feet, I watched, I watched the bathwater spill down the slope. I concentrated my mind the way you train a good horse. Then I took my lamp, then I took a lamp and went into my cell, checked the bed and sat down on it. I took a needle and pushed the wick down. When the lamp went out, my mind was freed. I, I like this one because it shows 
how far she came and it also shows like the striving there was some striving so much striving involved and then it just let go and that wick went out you know Somebody want to read the the uh, interpretation? Uh, yeah, Lisa. Patachara wandering robe. Farmers turn up the soil, plant seeds, and wait. All by itself, water pours down from the sky and turns earth into food. <coughs> After all these years, sleeping on the ground, waking before dawn and begging for every meal, where's my harvest? Late one evening, I was washing my feet. After another long day of sitting and walking, the water poured over my feet and onto the ground. I let my mind go and it flowed downhill into the water towards my little hut. I went inside, sat on the bed, and lowered the wick of the lamp. All by itself, the flame went out. So any uh, uh, questions or comments about those poems before we close? I personally like the original versions better than the second versions. <laughs> Yeah, we found that uh, in Women and Zen that sometimes we'd really like the first, sometimes we prefer the first, sometimes we prefer this, the second, you know. Well, all of you, thank you so much. I've loved being here with you today. I've loved hearing what you had to say. I've loved your poems. And uh, well, that's the end of our, cl of our classes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, it's been great. Thank you so I, much. Though what we did find is the different translations informed, we got to understand better. Yes. By reading the different translations, there were things that we were missing in one that, and then we got it from the other. Yeah, actually we would read Caroline Rice Davids. We also read hers in, the, in that sort of archaic language. And then we'd also read Mercot and then we'd also read Maddie. Great. But anyway, thanks so much. Enjoy your day. Thank, thank you, thank Ellen. You, uh, for the whole thing. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Ellen, I just wanted to say also thank you for the um the broad spectrum of women, you know, from all these variety of voices that you shared with us. It wasn't one-dimensional, you know. So I, I really, really appreciated and loved that, the variety. So Jay. Yeah. I appreciate the fact of it that they yeah. were, they actually were from different walks of life. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate that people kept those poems alive orally for 600 oh, yes. years. Yes. Yes. And they got written down in the poly canon. They're official. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye guys. Bye. Guys. Bye, -bye. Bye. See you soon.